And we're back in the room. Hooray, hooray, after a week of... I went away. Welcome, welcome, welcome Christy. Welcome to the Chorus Podcast. And for those of you who are wordly challenged, the Porous Podcast. Nice. As I like to call it. Yes, it's very porous. But yes, we have have with us this very day a guest, which is lovely because we don't have too many. And it's always lovely when they're here. Neil Solomon is in the room. He is a... Ooh, it's okay. You have to do a big introduction now, my friend. Songwriter, composer, producer, yeah, publisher, sure. Lebanese person, bald man. Sure. Coffee drinking. Coffee drinking. Renaissance guy. man. Yes, absolutely. Thank you. I'm going to take it all. Um, and it's really, really cool to have you here, man. Um, Thank you. Thanks for having me. So we are going to be talking lots of musically related things, but we don't really know what yet. We'll get there. We'll see. I'm going to take so, a bite of a rusk now. You can do it. Uh, with Neil, we have me, Stefan, and Bruce, who you should know, or if mm-hmm. you don't know, if you're a first-time listener, welcome. You can find the Chorus Podcast at all the usual podcast places. Please like us, do a thing, leave a review, give us all the 15 stars share it for, with the, your mom. for the al- algorithms. If your mom's, share them with your sons. And we I'll, are, yeah. I'll definitely do for this episode. Mm. Hallelujah. Not the other episode. <laughs> not the other episode. <laughs> no, they suck. But this one. Yeah, amazing. This one. <laughs> what is our podcast about, Bruce? No, he's got a mouthful. No, it's rusty. about. If you don't mind me speaking with my mouthful. I do. You don't have a choice, really. <clears throat> no, so we, like, we love awesome culture. Arts all, and all that good stuff, all the valuable stuff that no advertisers want to pay for. Is that bitter? Anyway, um, so books and music, uh, film, TV, theatre, all that good stuff. Shall um, we give the, the good listeners a, a heads up of what we're going to talk about today? Mm. So we have Neil. Neil Solomon. Neil, we hope, will completely hijack our conversation mm. and just I'll waffle um, on. Then we can just keep eating rusks. I don't mind because you've still got rusk in, mm. this, in this right cheek. Nice. You go. <laughs> On the outside of your right cheek. <laughs> um, no, but also, so we're going to go, I, I have uh, I have a book to review. I don't know if, if you've been doing some reading there, Steph. I have, indeed. And I have uh, an album, uh, all-killer, no-filler album. So I won't nice. tell you what it is, but it's, it is a South African band, and it's a wonderful South African band. Awesome. So we'll look at that a bit later. Um, and it's a 15-track album. So to have all-killer, no-filler, 15 tracks is pretty damn special, I think. So um, we interrupted you, yeah. Neil. What were you about to, to sell us about? I was wasn't going to oh, say Oh, it was anything. a guitar. You were saying oh, yes, you had was... Hendrix. Oh, Hendrix. Yes, I've got a friend uh, um, who's introduced me to his friend, who must be a man around 18 now, who brought up the subject of Hendrix. And he said, in the 60s, I studied at Oxford University. And he said, I went to this gig. And he said, I'm probably the only person on the planet who walked out. It was just a noise. And he said, who was it? He said, it was Jimi Hendrix and Mitch Mitchell and Noel Redding. The, what were they what? called? Jimi Hendrix experience. I said, are you serious? He said, absolutely. It was God, dreadful. The youth, the youth that make this rapid when they play the And he was 19 years old. <laughs> what what I would give to be, have to give in there. But, no, but isn't, that a, isn't that a fair comment? Not necessarily. Again, you know, it, marketing has ruined any opinion. You can't. You can't say Jimmy's bad now. It's like people. Well, I that. suppose you can, and good for him. To but that's exactly exactly what you I was going to say. Is when I, when stuff comes through. I struggle to listen to Henry, and you know that I am mm-hmm. massive. Man, but I struggle to listen to Hendrix on CD at times. Yeah. Because of the recording at the time, I find it. Tinny yeah. and whatever. But when I listen to him on vinyl, it is another thing. Um, I'm totally with you on yeah. that one. You put the vinyl on, it's got that grit, it's got that yeah, dirt. It's warmer it's, as well. It's warmer, and that's that's how that music was made. Yeah. 
Wistful Vine. Absolutely. Yeah. I, like, I like that vibe of, of the a, a not not liking it because other people like it. Mm. I think that's a dangerous thing that we all do. Um, but also that yeah, that, that thing of, of kind of deciding based on what you actually hear, yeah. not on what you heard about yeah. what you hear. Yeah. Um, I, think oh, so I, mean, I think also it speaks to the time because I imagine your friend or the friend's friend was listening to popular music on the radio, let's say, and it was still, I mean, that's the late 60s. It's Cliff Richard. He was probably into the more commercial thing, the drugs and Richard. Richard and, and Hendrix came with feedback and noise and wanted to experiment with noise Mm. and uncontrollable sounds on stage and and he probably had a lot of that and then these bursts of of brilliance that came through it but at a major school every time because where there's a lead break with an electric guitar he would always call that screaming guitar yeah it doesn't matter how sensitive it was doesn't matter which band it was screaming guitar so he didn't yeah no (laughs) here's Lionel Richie's solo at the end of hello hello screaming guitar Ah, ah. Do you remember that story? <laughs> McCartney was at one of the very first Hendrix gigs in London. The one where nobody was there. There were about four or five people. Okay. And he said it was the experience. And he said that they did their full show with yes. everything. And he said a week later, at I think at the 100 Club or one of mm-hmm. those, yeah. everyone was there. Word had spread in one week and there was... Oh. Clapton was yeah, there, Stones, uh, all the guys. Lennon, Stones, everyone, yeah. That is just such a different Performing vibe. Performing for... Yeah. But, but I mean, how's that word spreading? We were week? chatting recently about <laughs> how the internet means that you can theoretically reach more people, but that you probably won't reach more people. And also, um, I think it's a shallower reach yeah. compared to... Yeah, but it's when, when, there's, when there's one... Because uh, we were talking about what uh, This Is Pop, I think it is. Yes. And there's, a, there's an the episode about Oasis versus Blur. And at the time, there were still only four main music mags, yeah, but print yeah. mags, uh, Enemy and all of those. Yeah. Um, and that, they, the guys at those mags got very excited about these two bands. And therefore, Britain got very it was excited about them. Enemy and Melody Maker. Yeah. 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 But the thing is, if you, if you got yeah. into just those two platforms, you could, you could fly. But now it's a case of, you know, if, if exactly the same thing happened today, it wouldn't be nearly as much of a big deal. Well, I, I heard an interesting stat the other day that on Spotify alone, every day 63,000 new songs are uploaded. Yowzers. And that it's, it's so much more difficult for an artist to break today, mm. even though you have so much, it's much easier access to their yeah. music. Because a young kid, you, you're not only competing as a new musician, a young kid thinks that David Bowie is a new musician. So yeah. besides the new stuff being released, there's all we the old stuff. children being stupid about yeah. David Bowie. And, and yeah. thinking that he's a new artist. <laughs> Rediscovering or discovering. Come on, yeah. Or discovering. Yeah. 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 So, I mean, whether you find a Beatles song or an Ed and it's... To them, it's the same thing. Yeah. Where Where are these things held? I mean, these. I mean, it's cloud computing, but their process is somewhere. I think some. There's probably only about eight songs on there, and there's just there's somebody, <laughs> somebody's just <laughs> changing the stats all the time. But you can only listen to eight at a time. We should do that for our podcast, uh, the chorus podcast. We have less than a million listeners. Yeah. I can confidently <laughs> say that. <laughs> this is exactly true. Right, let's let's do something responsible, seeing as we have a guest here mm-hmm. and ask questions and things. One thing I want to I want to ask you just because uh, so yeah, just full disclosure here. Uh, Neil runs a publishing company and a studio called 
Passage One, Passage One Music. Passage One Music. Um, which is bloody wonderful, really. But I say that also, not I, I would I would say that anyway. But I'd say that I say that also because I'm signed there as a songwriter, which is not why he's here. But anyway, I'll stop doing that. <laughs> uh, <coughs> the point, that, uh, so I, thing is, I, I know a bit about what you do and where you do it and, and all of that kind of stuff. And you're a songwriter, very successful songwriter. And now I'm talking about things with lyrics, yes, with song. Yeah. And but you're also a very successful composer. I want to know because I'm a songwriter. I'm not a composer. Mm. Um, so how how the process is different, um, and and what you kind of aim for is, it, is the process different? Yeah, and, and um, how does how does the I, th- I think I think the, the main difference is that generally my composing work is to picture. Okay. So I'm not writing a song for Neil Solomon or for Bruce Dennell or for not that I've written so you don't need anyone to write for you but <laughs> you see. Um, um, so it's kind of the same like like Steph says but it's different because you're serving pictures so that that, that you're telling the story in a different way are you yeah but you, you're kind of telling a story that's already you're telling told a story so it's told that's already been told with words and therefore, what I my my premise always is, if the music is not sub dialogue, then don't put it in. Hmm. It must okay. not belong. Um, if it doesn't say something, leave it out. Okay. Um, and that's and that's how I work. So I've I look at it like I'm writing dialogue. Okay. So you're yeah. writing you're writing two pictures. So you're, you're presuming you you've got something on the screen. I've got something there. on the screen. And are you just kind of reacting? Or, or do no, you have a I brief do, that comes I, in and they I, go, listen, we need to make this very dramatic, please, blah, blah, blah. I do, I do <clears throat> insist on a meeting with the director. Okay. And if I could meet with the writer, which not happens always, I do love that. Mm. Then I read the script without looking at anything. Okay. I like to read the script first. And then I go, and we do do a spotting session with the director or, or, or whoever's involved. Um, just to get a feel where they want a piece of music or they think it should be Hans which I will always say no it must never be Hans <laughs> um, um, but um, that kind of thing yeah. and then obviously uh, I make the final choices yeah and just just so for people who don't know just some of the shows on long running stuff um, whatever that look, you, you're working look on. my bread and butter obviously is soapies mm. Um, because that's the most, the easiest work. To yeah, well, and it's long running. Ongoing, yeah. Constant yeah. So I did Izzy Dingo for six and a half years. I've just recently done a 52 part series called Ubertina Wetu, which had just finished on Fantastic. SABC One. This week I've done a couple of episodes of Scheme Psalm. Okay, and you so, did uh, the, the Jewish history documentary. So then on the other side, yeah. I, I did a fascinating eight part series written by. Your ex um, building mate, uh, Steve, oh, yes. Alan Swerdler. Oh, yes, <laughs> yeah, right. um, uh, Alan and a guy called Mark Wade, who produced it, um, um, did an eight part, one hour each uh, documentary on the history of the Jews coming to South Africa. Wow. Absolutely fascinating stuff. Um, what is it called? Do you remember? It's called Legends and Legacies. Okay, the story of a community. It, they haven't sold it yet to any TV stations around the world. They're busy in the process, but they've got it to buy online right. per episode at the moment. 
Um, and they didn't tell anyone else that they've got a Lebanese writing in Jewish <laughs> documentaries. <laughs> anyone in the larger community yeah. that have donated to make it. But they did happen. say, luckily, my surname is Solomon, so uh, yeah. I'll get away with it. <laughs> but um, yeah. Wow. It's so, interesting uh, that you mentioned that idea of meeting with the writer and certainly with the director. I was watching um, a YouTube channel called Homeschooling with a Nashville session guitar player called Tom Bukovac, who's very well respected in Nashville and is proper. And he's he, proper. he talks about um, playing sessions on a guitar player. Mm. And one of the first things he asks for when he ever walks into the studio is he wants a lyric sheet. Okay, which Just is to get his head around it. He wants to understand yeah. what yeah. the song is about but, to inform yeah. every note that he plays. And I, I've gone into studio where it's like, here's the intro play something yeah, I've yeah. never even heard the song never mind know what it's about yeah. okay here's a verse play something on that okay we're going to do a chorus and a bridge and we're out and let's go to the next one but yeah. he wants to know what is the song about what's yeah, happening it, in this it verse it completely makes sense because I'm just another project I'm just completing is called we, we Are Ancestors so it's a play done at the Market Theatre mm -hmm. um, but it's with the Paleontology Society and scientists from WITS so it's an educational thing about the origins of man and all that. But because of COVID and that, and you can't get too many kids into into the theatre, yeah. they've turned it into a film. Excuse me. Oh. Um, and so um, a guy called Paul, Paul Tilsley mm. is um, editing the film at the moment. So I've written the music for it, and it was a different way because I, I've done a lot of theatre music. And normally you go and sit in the theatre and you, um, you you watch the play being being rehearsed and you, you come up with the music ideas wow. there and then. But because this is actually a film, it's done as they well, couldn't. Yeah. I did read the script <clears throat> and then it's a 30-minute film. I did read the script and then I created some music. But then afterwards, I had to go back to the film and look at it and rewrite some parts and all Interesting. that. Interesting. So... I, I agree with the guy with the lyric sheet. But that's also from the, because the emotional point of view, you know, again, if you if you ask people what what is the purpose of a soundtrack, just a, a general comment would probably be to enhance or inspire emotion. And so if you're, if you're a session player, you're going in, you, you know, you want to, the, as we know, you can have happy words over sad music or vice versa. So you want to, you want to see where this person's, Head is at heart is at. I think the Absolutely. easiest way to answer yeah. that is is watch it without the soundtrack and see yes. the impact. Like yeah. watch your favorite movie without any music, yeah. and you suddenly go. No, oh, I mean Star Wars. It's just it's just a guy in a black coat walking down a passage, you know, yeah. quietly. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I must say that <laughs> <laughs> with asthma. Yeah, bad asthma. <laughs> I must say that is there any other kind? I do. I do believe that the a soundtrack. I kind of, if somebody stops me and says, "Oh, Neil, I'd love the soundtrack you did for that film," I almost feel I haven't done my job properly because, yes. in a way, I feel that you shouldn't. If it's a successful soundtrack, you Could shouldn't really hear it. Mm. That's how I know that I'm a great musician because people never come up to me and say that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hardly even no. when you're playing live. Yeah. No, just exactly. Talking, just walk past, yeah. Drinking a beer. Bruce, you are one of the greatest songwriters. Oh, I'm very honoured 
to have your <laughs> passage one. Wheel it in. Wheel it in. Um, my, right. my great uh, hope about the future um, is nanotechnology. So little nanobots that live around you. And then when you walk into your house, they switch on your lights and put on your yeah. memory. So my idea is that when I, every time I pass a threshold, I want a theme song to play. <laughs> and... I'm thinking like Hawaii Five O theme maybe. <laughs> As I come yeah, into the room, there would suit you. How you do? Especially when you walk your dog. Yeah, unless your daughter has been naughty, in which case you do get the Star Wars. Yeah, the dun But you need a link to the nanobot in her head, so she knows it's coming. Oh, that's fantastic. So Neil, let's let's look at other other things. Just you, the passengers. You as a solo musician. You just, I mean. Uh, I don't even know the, the years, the 80s and 90s, so, um, but just so much experience playing live, uh, recording, releasing music, radio success, all of that stuff. Landscape has changed violently yeah. over the years, but maybe, maybe just maybe just take us you know, high high overview of, of your kind of career you know, in that sense. I, I started with the Uptown Rhythm Dogs and... You know, we all have those dreams, and I probably thought I was going to be the next Bob Dylan, you know, which didn't happen. You could get a picture on, on um, stage wall. Yeah, I know. I'm going to bring a picture anyway, <laughs> in that style, and just sneak it onto yeah, your nice. wall. Just at the bottom of it. <laughs> but, um, and we did the album, The Occupant, and... When was, was the steel? Sorry, 81. 81, okay. And we were very much, I was very writing exactly what I wanted to write. Yeah. And I'm, I'm still really proud of that first album and the way I wrote those songs. Yeah. Um, and, and the afro that you were, had. And? The magnificent afro that you had. And the afro that I had, which <laughs> I don't think I could have written the songs without it. Absolutely, no, it was, an, it was an acoustic sit, thing. Yeah. Sitting at the acoustic piano at my parents' flat in on North Beach in Durban. And, wow. And that, you know, so looking at the sea and writing these songs. Those pictures. But please, just stop. People press pause on the podcast. Go look up Neil Solomon. There's two L's in Neil. And <laughs> afro. Neil Solomon afro. Just... See the pictures. It's, 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 it's a thing of wonder. Off you go. Okay, Thanks. and we're back in the room. Back in the room. But all the way through, even the early days, um, maybe not that early, but then we finished that. That band broke up, and Tony was killed mm. dreadfully. And I formed a band called Neil Solomon Bazaar, which was a great band. I thought with Greg Georgiades mm. and it says really all great. sorts of things with strings that I can't name. Yes, Greg. Yes. yes, yeah. He didn't in those days. Oh, okay. He was a great Les Paul player. Oh, cool. Um, he plays many, many. Uh, do you know he Greg? Makes, uh, no, he uh, plays mandolin and the, yeah, the, 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 the things with eighteen and strings and, yeah, and Moroccan strings names. And and, yeah, yeah. Um, and then from there, I went and formed the Passengers, which was one of these technically incredible, incredible musicians that I surrounded myself with. But all the way along, I was very into movie score writing okay, okay. Um, and I just hankering after it and then my dad passed away and I decided to go back to Durban to be closer to my mom mm. and um, and uh, I joined the Loft Theatre Company as a sort of musician, actor, it was Nicola, Nicholas Ellenberg in the work okay. which is yeah, very yeah. creative and adventurous work and um, and one of our plays was turned into a film. And because I was a musician, I got to do the score. Ah, oh, there we go. And there was Put me. The door. I Done. was like, okay, that's, Amazing. that's the way I'm going now. Okay. And so there's sort of live music. And I carried on for a while, but it slowly 
yeah. the the studio writing music took over. I know. Look, I mean, this is a sort of moot point in 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 COVID and whatever. But yeah. but live music, I know you still do some stuff every now and then. Now, every How, now how's, and then. I mean, just what? How does that fit into now now being primarily a score writer? It's it's, okay. it's taken a real back seat, mm. sadly. Um, but I I really love behind the scenes. Mm. Um, when I'm on stage, I absolutely love it, and I have fun, you know. Yeah. But um, but I really prefer, I suppose, mm. the the behind the scenes composing. And it's also it's a it's a different, completely different headspace as well. Because you, I'd look, I think that we're all probably past worrying about trying to please people in in the live sense. So you can enjoy it from that point. Yeah, of view. Yeah. You're here or you're not, and I'm playing. Yeah, and I get uh, up and you you play. Well, you know what it's yeah. like, both of you. Um, yeah play our songs and off we go yeah but and but then behind the scenes you can actually change the narrative you can, yeah you can you make can. it different yeah yeah okay that's uh, yeah pandemic pandemic proofing your career getting into studio work and film scoring i tell you what it's been it really helped like when lockdown first started um i thought oh what are we gonna do and i created a production music album with moritz lots yeah we did it in um, in isolation. Yeah. I never saw Moritz. Yeah. I wrote, he wrote. I sent the stuff to him. He put guitars or yeah. mixed and sent back to me and I sent back to him. And then we sent it to the UK and the album's done. Mm. Fantastic. Done. And we got an advance. Yeah. Oh, that's <laughs> the most important thing about um, during COVID. Yeah. some cash flow yeah. I'm very interested Neil uh, in terms of the band scene in South Africa in the 80s because um, I remember let me think now I was in university in probably the 99 2000s so early noughties <clears throat> and I can still remember a time in South Africa where there were no bands as such maybe there were one or two big names that would appear. when you're talking this is maybe late 90s 2000s early 2000s yeah it's funny the 80s was pumping with bands yeah i mean when i formed the passengers which was late 80s we we then relocated to edinburgh for a year wow. but but we it was ourselves elemental Mango Groove, um, uh, which was the band with Jonathan, um, Petit Cheval. Yes, yeah, yeah. Some amazing, it was a really, really healthy pop rock scene. Zio with Cindy yeah. Alter. Hotline. Hotline. It was endless, the bands um, that it's were so going. It's strange, because, um, yeah, I, I remember in, let's say, 98, 99, 2000. It just died. There was nothing. And then suddenly <coughs> I heard rumors of a band that was playing. It was called Just Ginger. Mm. And I was like, oh, and we went to the Roxy Rhythm Bar in Marvel. And, <laughs> and then that was the, the whole yes. thing again. And then but it was yeah, Sugar Drive Sugar and Rado and Amersham and, and, and Squeal. They were like yeah. the big five. And then literally within a year, there's like Oppie Copy with endless bands yeah. that you've never heard of playing on stages. And now again just well pre-covid again so 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 many bands i tell you something as good and healthy as the scene was in the 80s um 
it, it affect politically it affected us going further internationally because I in 83 I went to London I had done the, that album The Occupant with the Uptown Rhythm Dogs the band mm. I had and um, I got a meeting at I think it was Warner Brothers with the top guy went up into this big glassy building in London and he took the record out put it on his turntable played the whole album Wow. Never said a word, and he said to me, I love this album. I want to release it. I was like, yeah, because it was Warner's, because we, we, it was released to Warner's here, okay. and they set up the meeting. Um, no, they didn't set up the meeting. I set up the meeting, and I'll tell you why, because <laughs> at the end of it, he said, I want to release this. What part of Australia are you from? Oh. <laughs> you should have just said Melbourne. I should yeah. have, and I didn't. I said, no, I'm from Durban, South Africa. And, and that was it. It was like a wall came down. Wow. He took the album, he put it back in the cover, and he gave it to me, and he ushered me out of the building. Yeah. Oh, that is heartbreaking, man. <laughs> he said, I'll move, I'll move. I live here now. Can I have the couch? But then we, we also, um, uh, um, Derek Hannon, who headed up... Um, Weir Records, Warner Brothers, and Benji Moody works mm. for them. Uh, Benji actually was the one who signed us, um, and today is a real good friend. Uh, Derek called me and said, look, Warner's uh, New York want to showcase the band. Uh, you need to be there in three weeks' time, and they're going to do a showcase with you. And I said, fantastic. Um, have you booked the tickets kind of thing? And he goes... Oh, but there's a catch. Um, we we won't pay for your air tickets. Yeah, you got to. I said, it. well, my dad's an academic. Um, Tony's dad's passed away, and Dan comes from a peasant Italian family in Durban. Yeah. Well, sell all our instruments. So, Wait, there's so a problem there. Yeah. I said, can't we pay you back? And hmm. I mean, that was Warner's. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he said, nope. And so that's. Uh, it all happened because we had an article in Billboard magazine. Ah, wow. The Occupant by Neil Solomon and the Uptown Rhythm Rocks. Great album. Not sure which territory this these people are from. Are they from Australia or yes. blah, blah, Yes, blah. we are. Still. And, and that's how <laughs> they invited us to New York. Wow. And then Derry, so I still am very anti-Derry Cannon. Oh, yes, Derry. Suck it. <laughs> <laughs> so, two opportunities. But you know what, Celebi? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Sure. You move on. Yeah. No, it's just, but those stories are, are so incredible. Yeah, but because you just don't know what what yeah. could have happened. No, exactly. And I mean, I mean, just jumping in, so we just get a, a little. Uh, Speaking of music, yes, Bruce. we've got a bunch of <laughs> a bunch of features which we're just trying to sort of get um, rolling. I've so. done enough talking. <clears throat> no, no, we'll, you'll, you'll get more. Don't you worry. But um, yeah, <clears throat> things that things that should have happened. I mean, uh, so Bright Blue were one of those great bands. I think they were end, end of the eighties, weren't they? Not. End of the eighties into the nineties. Uh, Tom Fox. Tom Fox is one of the reasons, along with Robin All, that I got into music. Sure. Um, and I've, I've I've spoken to Tom a few times. I'm good mates with with James Stewart, who's the the. Uh, okay. the usual. Pointing to a picture on the CD. Who's in the usual, which is the uh, CD, yes. the album we're going to be CD talking about. Up to the microphone. Uh, yes, so I'm holding that up there again. Uh, <laughs> the, the usual, born in a storm. So, but um, Brad Blue. So was it Tom Fox, the Cohen Brothers, all of those good people. Uh, one of my great live aspirations was to play with them at one point and mm. pull that off at Wings Wings Rhythm Bar 
in, in Brahms one day and so managed to did a support gig for the usual which was amazing I remember um, the wings very well yeah and the, the desk <laughs> hanging out of the wall at an angle <laughs> that you had to do your own mixing on but um, but yeah so they were they were a really incredibly important band Weeping is still like a, a sort of uh, stand in national anthem and, and that kind of thing Tom then went on to join a band Cape Town band called The Usual um, with James Stewart on vocals Another great band. Yeah, sure. a truly great band, but who didn't really take off. Yeah. They, they, they did really well here for they a short time. To. And should have taken off so much more. Um, so, yeah, just to back to your story there, just that, that you know, such wonderful, wonderful musicians What's and great songs. For? Born in a Storm. And when is it from? That is a fan question. Let me look here. 1999. Oh, 1999. Yes. <laughs> a century ago. Tell me. Um, but um, so it's just, it's, again, we've, we keep talking on the show about albums over singles. Maybe Neil, jump in here because um, what you, what, we are just fans of, of albums as a, as a platform um, to tell a story, where a single doesn't do that. And as you mentioned with the Spotify thing earlier, yeah, a single can get lost. I mean, just today, people don't have the attention span to listen to an album. Which I mean, is the, why people are getting better at telling the story that used to happen over an album in a song. It's so true, but I do miss it, the 12 It's not the same. But I'll say some it's people, so true. Not, not very many people. No, I mean, and Bruce Springsteen maybe. Yeah. Can yeah. Uh, in a song. Who was it? Yeah. Oh, Kieran Rennie, a friend of mine. You know Kieran, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, but he, a musician, his dad was a, a great musician. He had passed away, sadly, a few months ago. Um, but he, he's just written a, an article essentially saying this sort of stuff. Why does whatever processed pop blah blah yeah, blah yeah, yeah. get three and a, well, seven and a half million whatever's on youtube and chris stapleton mm. has got a new uh, it's not such a new song but it's called what are you listening to okay. it's just this beautiful heartfelt mm-hmm. thing about music rose yeah. you know, in the um and that's got one hundred and fifty thousand or something and i mean he's a multi grammy winner yeah. he's, he's a big yeah. star you know but he's just not doing the same sort of numbers anyway back to the usual born in a storm um 15 songs on this and not one of them is weak, which is bloody incredible, frankly. So Tom Fox uh, was one of those people. Uh, he's a, again in. We talked about Jimi Hendrix earlier. In South Africa, I don't know that we have as many guitarists who you can go. There's that guy with that style, which yes. does that thing. We have we have some, but we don't. It's it's not like it's not like in in American culture or English culture, Captain or whoever yeah. that you go. Ooh. Yeah. yeah, the song. This is a Cheryl Crow song, but that's Captain on guitar. And this yeah. is somebody else's song, but Absolutely, that's that guy. Yeah. Tom is one of those guys. Um, if Tom was on a song. Doesn't matter if it was one of his bands or he was guesting somewhere. You know, uh, you could pick it up. Uh, yeah. Just this beautiful, beautiful playing style. Um, and then James has this. Uh, Sting is always the reference for his, you know I had for his totally. voice, and I think a lot of people totally. agree with that. Yeah. Just this beautiful high range. Mm male pure. voice pure voice mm-hmm. great guy as well just had a I was in Cape Town recently had a uh, a boozy uh, heavy lunch <laughs> with him and it was a lot of fun um, but uh, so you yes um, so when so just there's Born in a Storm was a big hit here Shape That I'm In was was their really big hit of this that. album and, and and Like a Vision uh, was also a big hit here um, but just this beautiful ah no, I don't know I don't really have style-wise what the, what the the drumming patterns and things are. Definitely recognizably South African, but also just brilliantly written pop rock. Yeah. Um, and and again, no, nothing, 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 nothing. Um, 
weak at all. What I was interested in listening to it again and again, just because it was one of these, I sort of a CD, which I still have, I listen in the car and whatever, and I just let it roll Are while we're driving. No, no. Um, and what I was struck with sometimes, because there's, there's quite a few upbeat songs, there's quite a few quieter songs, but just how, how simple they keep it a lot of the time. Uh, particularly the quieter ones. So James is also a great pianist. And you just, you just have a simple piano line, simple rhythm line, simple bass. You know, everything is simple. Beautifully, beautifully played. They're really great, great musicians. to be that simple. Yeah. yeah. Um, but the song, again, you, you, you can, as a musician, you can hear the song while you're listening to it with the full arrangement, but you can hear it just on the piano or just on the guitar or a cappella for that matter. And it, it never loses any strength. It is really, really beautiful um, songwriting. I believe you is another great one. Um, looking for a world. Oh, and, and again, if you liked Bright Blue, which if you don't, just, yeah, I don't know, you're strange. But it, it also, uh, James James was a huge Tom fan and is a huge Tom fan. Yeah. Huge Bright Blue fan. Yeah. So there's a lot of that kind of influence of that, that fantastic, um, yeah, kind of Zulu street guitar influence yeah. and, and just wonderful <coughs> Makanga and yeah. Beautiful, beautiful, interesting uh, South African overlaps and 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 textures and stuff. Really, really great album. I love usual. it because you can hear they're South African as well. Yes. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Well, cool. Now you've just got yourself into another. <laughs> <laughs> tell us, tell us about that. Like, as, as a publisher, as somebody who's looking for 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 people to to champion, I suppose, because you've got. I mean, you're the the passage one music. Uh, what do, you, what do you call it? Stable. Um, it's just wildly varied. Um, it's wildly varied, and I must say, not because you're there, but we're very, we're very specific about about who we um, sign to Passage One. Probably because I started out as a songwriter and still am, mm. and, and struggled along, um, and a lot of songwriters get signed to publishing companies who he did don't quotes really there, understand how... I'm just saying, telling the listeners, you did air quotes. Publishing. In <laughs> yes. <the year>. yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. These so-called... Alleged. Alleged yeah. publishers. Um, you know, and, and they sign act because for the wrong reasons, mm. not, not knowing if they can do anything with the, that type of songwriter. And that's why we don't just sign everyone. And I think it's, it's a tiny little company. It's Taryn and myself. Mm. And we're both very dedicated to the songwriters we have. Um, hopefully they're happy. We hopefully are. They're we happy are. with us. Um, <laughs> but it's... Um, what was your question? Just uh, in terms of... Um, you said you said about the usual. You're happy. You, you, just, you like them because they sound South African. Yes. And, so. and same like with you and everyone we sign. We're not just try, try signing run-of-the-mill songwriters. We... We've got Bruce Dennell, for example. <laughs> it's you have your own unique sound, and we we write we we um. It, they seem across the board, mm. but in a funny way, everyone we sign is related. Okay. Even though we've we've got um, uh, street slam poetry yes, poets to and reggae, to to pop rock to everything, but but everyone has the same sentiment behind okay. behind their it's their a, music. Yeah. If that, if that makes sense yes. it does it does because it's also it's that thing to the sound South African thing there's still and it crushes me every time in every sphere of creativity that chip on the shoulder 
you know, Absolutely. in South yeah. Africa. Like, I mean, yeah. again, yes, there used to be political problems. The guy in London yeah. at Warner's was an idiot, made a bad decision, yeah. all the rest. But, but politically, you can understand where he was coming yeah. from. But he yeah. listened to the album. I'm before. glad it wasn't about the music. But exactly, <laughs> that's yeah. the thing. He yeah. listened to it and he thought this yeah. is fantastic. Yeah. He, he didn't go, oh, this isn't bad for a South African. Not at all. You know what yeah. I mean? He didn't um, even know where I was. And from. again, and and, yeah. and and Tom and, and the whole the whole band and the usual, you know, everybody. These are world class musicians. You know, it's ah, it makes me so mad I when we have that thing of not bad for South Africans. No, that, I think South that's fallen by the wayside eventually. Yeah. I think it was in terms of like the usual or myself and the uptown rhythm dogs or the passengers that we had. I think it was just a case of timing. Yeah, yeah. And nothing else really, you know, and how the industry was. I think it was a bit of a failing of the big band explosion in the the noughties that many of them were sounding like the big international band. So true. And and unfortunately, there was an audience in South Africa for that. It was like, oh, this sounds like my favourite band but I can go but and I can yeah, see them yeah, they're playing over there but, yeah. but unfortunately that hamstrung many South African bands for any kind of international because why would someone in New York sign you because you yeah. sound like yeah. Nickelback when there's another Nickelback or you sound like and wherever I, it is I, I think the the parlotones and that the Just Gingers yeah. all fell into that yeah as good as they all, all are and good having, songs yeah. having but, said that look at Sarin Gas which became Siva which mm-hmm. was yeah. Nirvana almost to the T and happened to fall into this gap and were huge. But, yeah. but Sean did it from there. Yeah, yeah. Well, absolutely. They were, he was there. So the difference. Yeah. 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 What have I been listening to, Bruce? I'm glad you asked. I did, actually, in my head. <laughs> um, actually, maybe Neil will know this album, which I had never heard of and I can't believe that I hadn't. Um, and I've discovered it this week. The band is Trapeze. I love trapeze. Was that Glenn Hughes Glenn on Hughes bass? Glenn Hughes on bass and vocals. And I album, love I'm gonna, them. I'm going to leave for a while. Yeah. The album is called "We Are the Music." Uh, you are the music. We're just the band. And it was recommended by someone on the the Everyone Loves Guitar podcast. And it is such a great album. It so is. I recommend great that. Band, yeah. Band, yeah. Trapeze. Saw, yeah. Yeah. For kind of a rock, but very varied and great playing and just great brilliant. Playing, great yeah. tones. The guitars yeah. on this yeah. album. So if you are into rock and guitar sounds, listen to Trapeze. Uh, you are the music. We are the. We're just the band. That's a great Then uh, Deja Vu, the Crosby, Stills, Nash and Young album, yeah, yeah. has yeah, been re-released as a fiftieth anniversary with really? all kinds of extras, and it is unbelievable. And then Sturgill Simpson, who we've yes, spoken of before, has just released a new album and it is absolutely brilliant. Who is that? He's a a new country. I say new. He's a country artist. Okay. Um, kind of embodies the sort of outlaw country nice. vibe of Waylon Jennings. And if you just watch him on stage before he opens his mouth, sound wise, but he reminds me, but sort of attitude wise, of Nick Cave. Okay. He's, got, he's just got a bit he of a, does a have brooding, a, a, a mumbling. Oh, you can hardly hear what he's saying when he's saying rah, rah, rah. And um, he started in music quite later. I think it was in his mid thirties when he eventually said to his wife, "I'll I want to make out. a make a thing of this." So, uh, Juanita and the Dude is the name of the album. <laughs> There's a lot of bluegrass influence. Um, just, it's really, really great album. Is yeah, obviously awesome. American. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> Uh, so Sturgill, Trapeze and Deja Vu is what I've been listening to. Very nice. What have you been listening to, Neil? Sure. I've been going through quite a few phases and I can't tell you. I have to say, um, 
um, who were you listening to? John Coltrane. I love Supreme. Been going through a Coltrane phase. Okay. Excellent. Um, I've actually been listening to so much varied stuff. Um, in the car, I was listening. Coming here, I was listening to Johnny Cash. Oh, okay. Not That's that it's a very long trip. No, no. But, just uh, it's like half a song. Yeah. Johnny yeah, like Cash. Song, yeah, but, but yeah, just varied. I like keeping up with a lot of the new stuff that's around as well I'm always if you had to again it's a silly question but if you had to kind of distill it not to one artist necessarily but one kind of feel one genre one era something rather that was your favourite you know what I, I, I'll always have to say the Beatles okay. yes I mean I, ju- I just as <laughs> much as I've been so influenced by so many and love so many varied people yeah. and artists i I will, I'll always go back to the Beatles. I'm always, and I, what I love is that I'm always struck by it. It doesn't matter how many times, not, not in a, again, not in a single format or whatever, but if I go and listen to the whole White Album or the whole whatever. Um, yes. Every single time, and it can be three weeks apart or it can be a year apart. And I'm going, how creative were these guys? Yeah. How, um, you know, how much stuff they invented yeah. That we just took, we take for granted. Take for but granted. again, as I say, every time I'm listening, I completely forgot that. That this is the first time in this song at that time, this is I, the first time this ever happened. I don't think yeah. you can talk to people amazing. the band. I was thinking, because let's just talk a little bit since last we spoke, we've lost a few people. Mm. Dusty Hill, the bass player for yes. Season yeah. Top Past. Um, uh, Don Everly from the Everly yeah. Brothers. Yeah, sure. I listened to the Everly Brothers. Um, it's time for the Everly's or something like that. Mm. Some album, great Everly Brothers, and um, Charlie Watts. Oh, yeah. Stones. And I was thinking of this. Charlie this, felt like a big one. Yeah. Yeah. People always say Stones, or oh, that used to be a thing. Oh, yeah. Stones, stones or Beatles. Or Beatles. Yeah. And I thought to myself, you know, the Stones, what a band. Mm. That swampy thing and the way they mm. do it, and uh, you know, it's but it's but it's it's blues rock. Yeah. R and B. Right. Yeah. Whereas the Beatles. They were just this universal band. They All could, they, over the place. Whatever they touched. Let's write a country song. We're, we're touring America. We're going to write yeah. Rocky Raccoon. Or we're going to write anything. Or, or old kind of music hall stuff from Britain. I don't know that you can touch the Beatles. No. But you know, uh, I used to be kind of surprised when people called them a rock band. Yeah. And then, But then suddenly when I heard them play rock, I realized... They were such an incredible yeah. rock band. They're actually, I always think well, to myself, you know, I wonder if, because you can say as well, compared to the Stones, the Beatles were sort of the, the clean captain. Right? But yeah. I think if you went and got into a room this size or a garage with this them. This isn't a very big room. Again, you're doing yeah. it now. Yeah. And like <laughs> when they were rehearsing for going to Germany yeah. and just sat with them for an hour while they went through their set, I think you would lose your oh, mind especially at that time I, was like, yeah, rock, I mean they were just popular. they yeah. were a rock band they were a rock band yeah. absolutely lay it down. Yeah. yeah fantastic man um, yeah, what have sorry, I been listening Emily to you on? what have you oh, been listening okay. to Bruce um, so just so again what, I'm, what I've taken to you now is also shamelessly plugging there's so much shameless plugging it's wonderful if you want us to shamelessly plug something we will absolutely do that for you for a small fee um, so on participate <laughs> fee, I think which find. is my very own blog at brucedenal.co.za but there's, a, there's an ever-growing file called Music Reviews, the single file. So this is reviewing singles because you don't get CDs anymore delivered to the house. It's yeah. not like the old days. But um, yeah, so you get a lot of, of singles sent from, from a lot of different companies. Um, 
and it, it's fascinating because I never do any research on them before if I hadn't heard of them because yeah. it's, then it's just lovely to have that like That's wow really, this yeah. is oh. so I had a couple of those uh, this week uh, a singer called Corin so K-O-R-Y-N Corin Hawthorne uh, gospel singer oh my word the voice hmm. um, just it's one of those I'm, I'm, I'm not I'm not gonna sort of overstep it here it's, it's, it's like the first time you hear Whitney or the first time really? you hear Mariah Carey or whatever it's like and it, it's it's different. Lauren it's it's that lovely, lovely kind of growly R and B that a gravel. What's the name? Corin Hawthorne. But then she just jumps the octave, yeah. and it, again, like we're talking now about, uh, you know, shake it up, baby, or something like yeah, yeah. John's that that yeah. intensity or something in that track. Then she hits she hits that intent note, but with the with the growl yes, as well. Yeah, yeah. But it's up belting, there. Belting, man, it's great. And the song is called How Great. It's just fantastic. What a okay. what a lack of Corin discovery Hawthorne. there. Corin Hawthorne. Um, who else? Uh, a guy called Rhett Walker, also a gospel artist. But this is—it's just this great swampy gospel oh, nice. stomper. And he's also—he's—he's he's quite a kind of rough, rough-hewn guy. Um, Chris Stapleton. And there's yeah, and, and there's 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 a choir in there, and it's just ah, it's just big and happy. It just it just lifts you. Uh, and it's called gospel song. It's like okay. cool, you know. If you're feeling down, this two gospel song will lift you. But it's, again, he's talking about the energy and the the mm. choir and the everything. It's fantastic. Um, so some lacquer stuff there a guy called Jordan Smith who was a, um, a, the voice I think he was, yeah, he was there yeah. um, also huge voice, voice. Uh, a song called uh, Great You Are um, Toya DeLazy um, mm. local arts, and it's, it's a song called Resurrection and it's it's, it's kind of hectic man it's, but it, in, a, in a great way it's, it's just if you watch the video um, it's kind of all zombies and whatever because it's a, you know she's London based now yeah as yeah. you yeah. Um, but it's it's this crazy. It's yeah. It's not no, main, it's is, not yeah. mainstream in in the slightest. But it's uh, it's 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 brave and fantastic. Oh, and the other one that's great, Griff. Um, and this is interesting because again, she's she's got kind of a couple of big hits, but her numbers aren't aren't Griff, big. Griff with a Y. No, G R I F F. Okay. Uh, so young woman, um, and. I'm, like the, in my uh, review here I've said it's kind of somewhere this, this song anyway it's called One Foot in Front of the Other and are you going to read your proper, own quote from that I'm not <laughs> it's a proper it's a, but it's a, it's a this is a proper mainstream pop song but it's but it's beautiful and it's well written so I've, I've said it's like somewhere between uh, Taylor Swift and Sarah Beretta's it's this nice. great hmm. there's auto tune on the voice and there's the, I don't know if she needs it or if it's produced like that just because mm, that fits song, whatever yeah. whatever um, but this really great pop tune one foot in front of the other by Griff and again as I say this is an interesting one because she hasn't got a million billion followers yeah. in this. so I don't know if that's if there's a more independent promotion thing there and it's not because that's the other thing you can do now you know with the way you're judged yeah as a success now if you have seven billion followers but you can buy Spotify followers plays but you buy them really you can do this not Spotify plays but you know if, mm. you know your Instagram or whatever yeah. you, you can literally pay ten thousand dollars for a million followers or something um, and if your label does that, well done to you. But you're not more popular. You Rick, know? Rick Beato did a fascinating video recently about Spotify where he went and looked at, I think it's um, total plays and then weekly plays. Yes, 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 I saw that, yeah. And he, he said, well, let's look at all the big band like Led Zeppelin and the Beatles mm-hmm. and the Stones. And they were like relatively moderate or modest amounts. And then, you know, Justin Bieber was over 13 million. Mm-hmm. And the only of the classic bands that were doing quite well was uh, Queen. Yeah, they were the top. He thinks it may have to do with the the movie, the Bohemian Rhapsody movie, that influenced 
So many but also, no, but again, going back to the Beatles, Queen is maybe maybe up there in, in terms of variety. Yeah. And sure. like, I mean, Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. is, a, is a mind warp. It's still a mind warp. You go, yeah. there's three songs in here, three distinct songs yeah. every time. Uh, Paranoid Android is another one that does that. But you like, um, ah, it's how did famous you... Queen song. No, yes, by Radiohead. You, you know this. People know this. These are our <laughs> listeners. They're smart people. <laughs> they read Douglas Adams. All, all less than one million of them. Um, this is at least. This is our least, slogan now. Yeah, yeah. Less yeah, than the chorus podcast. We have less than one million listeners. I can confidently say <laughs> last week we had less than a hundred thousand people listening to us. Shut up! Don't do that. <laughs> uh, so, so yes, uh, that's music. Go and go and listen to all these people that we're talking about because they're very good. And how do you know that? Because we said so. So that was your multiple important. single file. That was yes. There are like uh, something over 80, 80 songs on there now. It's 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 worth reading it's not that kind of thing of like I told you there were two things and that, that wastes your time go and have a listen I had a nice thing because Toya Delazy's PR I sent said in the reviews app just you know here's the link and she came back and said oh thanks for that but I just had such a ball sitting on the on the page and listening to some of the others I've got so much streaming to do and I thought that's exactly where we want to go here you know go and go and try something new you know because I mean there's there's all sorts of stuff that's not in my wheelhouse on there. You know, there's, there's just like full on, uh, you know, uh, hose and gold teeth and whatever, wrap and all, yeah. the, all the rest of the stuff. Yeah. But it's judged on whether it's good and it's sure. well made and the yeah. lyrics are clever yeah. or something, something, something. What's the derivation of that wheel? What is a wheelhouse and how do you have something in it and out of it? All of you literate listeners can let us know with a yes. comment on our Facebook We're page. We're not going to try that now. Right. Should we hop into books? You, you can please uh, hop into a book I want to hop I, wish I, could I, I, I don't want I don't want to hop into that one just yet because I've, I've just again reading stuff um, that came across this article by the National Book Review um, which is their 10 best fiction books of the year uh, this just, year 2021 who knows it doesn't really matter that uh, yeah. because they're great books Certainly, yeah, yeah. Um, it, it's recent um, anyway so uh, yeah National Book Review um, which is nationalbookreview.com I have a story to, to tell carry on I, I, okay I'll just go through them very quickly because it's basically just just to let you know so Fleischman is in trouble by Taffy Bredessa Ackner um, so she, yeah she's a New York Times magazine staff writer and she's got this whole thing with celebrity profiles that she's got this style and she takes that into the book and that's apparently very lovely Trust Exercise by Susan Choi um, so you haven't read really these. Good. No, no, no. Maybe I'm just, no, I'm just, I'm just saying. These are these are books which apparently we must oh, be under radar. Okay. Yeah, the Topeka School or Topeka, I don't know. School don't know. by Ben Lerner. Tapioca, possibly. Um, and the first line of that review there is a great big American novel doesn't come along very often. So there's that thing of is it is it the great American novel? Um, this one is both an intimate portrait of a family and an exploration of larger concerns. Um, the Shadow King by Maza Mengista. I have no idea where she's from. Sure. Um, Sounds it's Spanish. a riveting epic. Maggie Brown and others. Rollicking stories ride. by Peter Orner. Um, and he's been likened to Alice Munro and Raymond Carvers. Uh, also, Philip Roth and Saul Bellow. So Just in his appearance, not the way he writes. Know, well, those are, that's a woman and a man, so <laughs> okay. that's interesting. Um, <laughs> well, so Maggie Brown and others, if you, like, if you like great short stories, apparently. Wow. The Secrets We Kept, that, I've, that I have read. That's a great book by uh, Laura Prescott um, about uh, Boris Pasternak... He wrote Dr. Zhivago yes, and the whole sure. thing of how, because it was obviously very critical of the Soviet government at the time, the Soviet system. Critically critical. So he was he was in trouble um, and it's it's told through various um, 
the eyes of various women who were sort of involved in the whole thing. So in the in the Secret Service in the U.S. and his mistress in the in Russia and so on and so on. Fascinating, book. Yeah. really really good. Uh, women taking by Miriam T E O W S Tews Tews. Fine. That'll do. She's one of Canada's most celebrated novelists, apparently. Um, so check that out. Oh, Women taking. <laughs> a door in the earth by Amy Waldman um, is is there as well. The Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead. So not the Nickelback Boys. Okay. Because then not many people Fair like enough, them. Yeah. yeah. So the Nickel Boys by Colson Whitehead and Nothing to See Here by Kevin Wilson. Um, Wilson has a gift for writing fiction with wit, humor, and great heart. Uh, so yeah, check those out. Uh, again, if you haven't really remembered anything I've said there. It's the nationalbookreview.com and it's the 10 best fiction books of the year list. Check that out. What were you going to say about National Book Reviews and things? Well, uh, no, uh, I was going to say that we have a listener uh, who is an erstwhile student of mine who erstwhile. now lives abroad. Such words. Who is a very generous man mm-hmm. in that I opened my email this dun, dun, dun. week and there was a or an exclusive books voucher for me from this gentleman who lives overseas an excessively generous exclusive books voucher which he said was for my shocking reading habit (laughs) which he has been exposed through exposed to through this podcast so so a huge shout out like almost two years of work has paid off absolutely he's one of the first earnings yeah one of the less than a million people who listen to our podcast so this is a big shout out to kurt in switzerland or sweden something scandinavian uh, for his remarkable generosity to my shocking reading habit i will let you know that i went out and got a very hungry caterpillar and (laughs) where the wild things are for my daughter uh, as well as getting Master and Margarita by Mikhail Bulgakov, Bulgakov uh, which guys. I will start reading and that will be so my the next, first yes, the next few weeks uh, book reviews will be sponsored by Kurt soon because I am busy reading as I mentioned before The Name of the Rose again by yes. Alberto Eka which I'm thoroughly enjoying but um, that was just the first of my ill-gotten gains so I will my, my next reviews are all Proudly sponsored by by Kurt, so thank you very, very much. Nice, Kurt. Well done, sir. You must read the Age of Anxiety by Pete Townsend. Oh, I've, I've heard of this. I've, I bought it because I ordered it because I thought it's a bio. Again, I'm a huge fan yeah, yeah, yeah. of the Who, but it's fiction, but so beautifully written. Wow. The Age of Anxiety. Age have you read his his autobiography? I haven't. It's very very interesting. Okay. And he mentions a great album that I've got here, Yusuf Latif's. Um, oh, I love Yusuf Latif. Eastern Sounds. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he yeah, mentions yeah. that because he, he plays yeah. the opening track on this uh, ocarina or something, this yes. clay instrument from he, the earliest whatever. Yusuf Latif. Yeah. Oh, my God. Fantastic, very, very fantastic. Nice. Right, then an actual book. Um, that's They've all been actual books. <laughs> yeah, no, but well, but you you know, this one is here. It. Drop it for the moment. There it's we go. that big. It's a paperback. Um, it's not so It's bad. called Rapid Fire, Remarkable Miscellany by John Matham. So John is a probably well-known figure to most of you, uh, or many of you at least. Um, he's, he hosts a show on Cape, Cape Talk, 5.67am. Um, yes, you have to listen to at 5.56am. Yes, and he's an actor and many other things. But he's got a, a feature on that show uh, called Rapid Fire, so hence, hence this thing about, because he's, he's, he's sort, sort of, of a general... Pyromania thing who absolutely. can light the fire the well, first. People boxes. just stand outside and uh, with their AK-47s just take out the building <laughs> once a week Red Empire! <laughs> but um, yeah so he's he's got a sort of a reputation as a, a, a having great general knowledge all that kind of thing so they started this feature where re, uh, listeners could could phone in write in 
and try and stump him ah. with a question and or him and the team and then they would if they didn't know then you'd get the point maybe or the we prize should start that here for our podcast we should maybe do that um, but anyway so, so lots of because of that you just get lots of completely random Bizarre, questions right? from exactly. so you know what is the world's longest traffic jam I'm just li- randomly what are the origins of the colours on a traditional barber's pole uh, what are bovril boats um, what vegetable is never sold in processed form Hmm. Um, why don't bees fly over water? Really? Uh, correct. All these, all these weird things. Uh, so if you've been chased by a swarm of bees, jump over a river. Absolutely. You know, obviously, pick a river. But um, yeah. like again, I'm a huge fan of, of the, the the quite interesting the QI yes. books and and all this kind of thing. I just I love learning, and I think I think this kind of thing is a great way to learn, so nice. that you don't sort of pick a, a an area that you're going to get very well schooled in but they not know much about much else um, so this will just sort of wake you up because it's, it's all over the place um, Fair enough, I like that. and well research it's interesting here as well is that he he has re- you know stuff they didn't know he's gone and researched himself so it's not this it's not also this kind of he's gone and looked at, at Wikipedia or whatever right. he's like if, if, if I couldn't find two sources you know every now and then he says so he says like, I can't Which? I can't find I can't find a proper source for this so you're gonna have to take this guy's word for it but then also sometimes he goes so I phoned, or I wrote to all three of the ministers at the whatever government, what what in, you know, and you're going yes, okay, no, that, that's so. Proper. This brings me to something that I wanted to talk about this week. Yes, I've had an idea. Hooray! A light bulb over my head. I want to see, and I'm putting this idea out into the universe. Mm. Kurt, are you listening? For people who have, <laughs> I want to see some backlash some productive, proactive backlash against the damage that we can also obviously mm. see being done by fake news, Yeah. right? Yeah. Now we have all this... Oliver Stone, are you listening? Every now and then we're <laughs> starting to see now these things. Oh, the government is now wanting to combat the fake news that's being spread yeah, around there. So I want to see these app developers. My idea is this, yes. okay? My, my name for it is either fact check or verified it's something along the lines of what you get on Wikipedia. Now, we know Wikipedia is yeah. open source. Anyone can write anything. But anytime there's something put up, there'll be a little thing that gets put up here. Uh, the sources for citing are still being yeah, needs yeah. to be checked, right? So my idea is it's so pervasive. What is the big way that fake news is being spread? It's on Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and WhatsApp. Mm-hmm. where suddenly you get this and quick honey come and look all the world's top scientists and doctors missed out on this thing about the <laughs> coronavirus that, that now old fricky in Krugersdorp who yes, you yes. know is a pool cleaning salesman has worked out that this <laughs> is actually what's happening with the coronavirus so I'm saying is on Facebook or Twitter whatever it is there's the like button okay yeah, yeah. why don't we have the verified yes. button yeah. Yes, and it goes so via, that goes via Snopes, goes via QI, exactly. goes via whatever. Well, so it doesn't have to be, you know, Google doesn't have to hire a, a warehouse of people to do this. There can be algorithms that will take your thing that you've now put on Twitter. You know, McDonald's burgers are made of 75% rat, right? Now, yeah. you've put that up there. It's fake news, and I'm choosing something relatively that's not going to destabilize a country's well, democracy. Who knows? But, but on that... Twitter thing, just like there's a retweet button or a like, yeah. like favorite button, there's a button that goes through, and when that when that fact has been verified, then it's there what it is, is yeah. something we Face, need. Something Facebook people is, need to be Facebook doing. is trying because it's happened to me only it's like twice I think, and it's but it's gone it, as I've posted something, and it's usually 
I think both of those times it's been a sort of sarcastic off the cuff. Yes. Clearly not trying to, to be true. educate anybody, reply to somebody. Mm. Um, and, and I've got a little box immediately which says, you know, that this is and this is not true, blah blah what Good. Yes, except yeah. that it's except that the algorithm's completely wrong because okay. they're not they're not so picking that up. We need some clever little social media easy easy the nanobots. whether it's a like button. We nanobots. need something like that. More nanobots. Mm. To combat this, yeah. because it's such a big problem. Governments are suddenly saying, oh, we're losing like, you know, 30 billion a year through un- unrest that's caused by fake news. Well, let's come up yeah. with some quick, easy social media way of saying this is BS, this is true. But also, just newspapers and media houses of any kind, please hang on to your good journals. And yes, they might, they might on, be journalism. 72 and just hang on to them and stop hiring Cheaper people who don't know what they're doing. Anyway, there's a little soapbox. Do, you, do you read, Neil? We've been waffling on you. I, I do read. What have you read uh, of late? Recently, Anything that you can mention? I constantly read, but very varied. I'm going through a phase of going back to Herman Hess. Oh, so I want to read I'm Steppenwolf. Just, it's on my I've list. I've just done Steppenwolf for the fourth time. Come on. I have never and, read it. Um, can you believe it? If you've never read it, you've got to read it's it. Spoiler alert. Spoiler alert. Kurt, one of your <laughs> ill-gotten gains is going to Steppenwolf. I'm going to get a copy. And I'm, I'm busy with... Um, I finished Age of Anxiety. I'm yes, now, okay. Um, my sister gave me Robin Sharma, something 4am. Okay. okay. Uh, one of those self-help books. I'm just, right. just about to get that. What are you trying to say? I don't know. <laughs> Here's a book. There's something wrong yeah. with you. Uh, uh, <laughs> Self-help books as gifts. Three. Fantastic. Okay. Yeah, I'm always going through something. Okay, um, Steppenwolf is on my list. Lekka, Should we jump into things we've been watching? Yes, I, I've got two that I can mention very quickly. Do it. Quick. Do the thing. Um, so Netflix showed me a new, new show, and it looked quite, quite nice in terms of the aesthetic, mm. called Brand New Cherry Flavor. Yes, I've signed up for that. Is it? Is it so I watched the first episode and then very quickly realized that it's a horror series. Ah. It's set in the 90s in LA. It is beautifully shot. Mm. Uh, the styling, the sort of period piece of it is, is great, which is kind of why I kept watching it. It is. It very quickly goes into some, some psychedelic occult witches and sacrifices and weird... So like Kruger's Door. Yeah. yeah. It, it gets very explicitly, brutally hectic very quickly okay. so just like um the boys and and happy this has got just one or two scenes just how netflix sees you that i was like i can't believe they filmed this <laughs> it's like properly explicit and disturbing but it is a really really well written apparently um it's based on a book and it's his sort of byline is the greatest horror writer that you've never heard of Kind of thing. This is um, like, it's like us. We're the, the, we're the best, best possible podcast, podcast that under a million people, under a million people ever, listen to. Yeah, yeah. under um, a million. Yeah. Under a million. It could be just uh, over sure. with you. Yes. Well, well, we'll, see. we'll let you. Know. It's a big week for us. Um, so, uh, and apparently, the book that it's based on uh, this first season on Netflix takes us to sort of page thirty-four out of. So it starts in LA, at the end of the season, the main character, the protagonist, flies off to Brazil, and apparently a lot more happens in Brazil in the books. Um, so I, I will recommend it, but with the caveat that it is it is quite disturbing. I'll stay away from horrors. Yeah, it's it's not as horror-y, horror-y. As, as a horror. It's not sort of, well, it, it, yeah, it's terrible, but it's great. 
Um, so brand new cherry flavor. We so know what we're um, talking about. And the actors I haven't really. There's one actor I think I'd sort of seen before, but it's a, a new new faces and mm-hmm. it's really really good. So if that's your thing, then I, I say check it out. And then I watched a limited series, a British uh, crime series called Collateral, starring uh, Carrie Mulligan mm-hmm. as a, a new young detective and her first um, case as a detective. Uh, I think there's four or five episodes. Uh, it's very taut. It kind of talks about refugees uh, and crime in London. Um, What's it called? Collateral. Okay. It's really, really, really well written. Um, the same guy writes every episode, or, or, or lady, I'm not sure. I think it's a guy that's right, the writer. Um, it's well acted, it's well written, it's very... Um, very good. I think you'll Fantastic. hear wo- Rosie Rosie's, whining in the back. Yes. It is good, Rosie. I promise you. Yes. Um, so I recommend Collateral. Uh, what I like about it is, again, in this age of a glut of information washing over us every 15 mm-hmm. seconds, it's a limited series. So I yes. know I'll watch four episodes and I'm done. And, but also you have a whole story there. Yeah, those, British, those British series are great like that, where it's, it's yeah. kind of one ca- Well, I don't know about this one, but so many of them, it's sort of one case for yeah. five or six episodes. It's not six hours of... Yeah, but it, it's not quite obviously it's not real time but you just get a sense of all of the graft involved and, and all of the difficult decisions and really, yeah. Taryn and I binge watched the last two days Hit and Run on Netflix okay um, it's the same guy who did a thing called Fowder it's an Israeli yeah, yes, yes, yes. Israeli American yeah. Yeah, yeah. thing so well scripted well shot lovely soundtrack just Okay, cool. Mindless kind of stuff, but nine episodes of just... Nice. Yeah, really funny. I I watched Scarface, which I somehow haven't seen since 1981 or 1979 or something. Say hello to my little friend. Um, It's it's El Cappuccino and uh, Michelle Pfeiffer. I think I've ever seen that. He's he's, he's Cuban in this, and it's like with this accent, this just heavy accent the whole way. Um, Does it hold? Its, it's it it's cool. It's it's very of its time. Yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, like and it doesn't it. like like narco or whatever the, the modern equivalent is because it's it's all around drug dealing and violence. The and cartels. Whatever. Yeah. Um, it doesn't have the layering. Oh. So you like when you when you've sort of now and again we've now used to series and so on and so on. It's a long movie. So it's like almost two and a half hours. Um, but. You, you don't get that that kind of this definitely led to that it's sort of Who's presupposed the director um, Scott Brian, Brian De Palma I think ah okay um, but, but yeah no of it's time and and many many iconic scenes and also you know very violent and, and he's, he's just a nasty bloke Tony Montana the, the character that what's I'll, the soundtrack like sweaty um, <laughs> it's all in Miami Greasy. it's all that kind of yeah yeah, yeah, yeah exactly whack, whack, whack. yeah um <laughs> But yeah, so so definitely worth a watch. But again, you if you're gonna sort of say it's it's not as good as the the thing about Pablo, you know Escobar yeah. that came out last year. Of course, it's not. It's it's a lots very of, different. Lots of wawa pedal. Lots of wawa pedal. Yeah. Um, and then just a, a sort of on on Netflix, two two show two specials by comedians, but completely completely different. So one is a guy called Nate Bargatz or Bargates. I don't know B R G Gates A T Z E Nate Bill Gates. It's called the greatest average American. Um, and his whole thing is that like he's just that. he's just a normal guy, and it's so he talks America about normal stuff. Mediocre again. The problem is is that it's not 
it's not extremely anything the show um, you know what I mean it's not extremely funny it's, it's not extremely innovative it's not mm-hmm. so it's like cool nice guy okay. some nice jokes and no, that's done then the other one is a guy called Bo Burnham and it's a his, his special is called Inside I've heard the name now this is this is amazing because he it's it's I mean he's a weird dude um, but he make does great comedy songs I think he's actually won a Grammy uh, for because he does just fantastic very literate very clever great music as well but just the, the songs it, are yes no. yeah does he do um, that song F and F sharp possibly where he likes to write in F, the sing in F sharp uh, yeah, Bo, Burnham. Bo Burnham there we go yes oh Jay Savage you remember yes, 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 yes yeah. I played in cassette for a while I, I said, uh, that's John Savage oh, this is Jay Savage <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Carry on. Everyone the Jay lives in Holland. He he, re- he said to me, "You got to watch it." So this the whole premise here is that he's he's been <coughs> alone for the whole of lockdown. Okay. And it's just it's wiped out his mind, and you know he's he's it, it's very deep and and meaningful because it's it's this very very funny. And it's all in song. No, not all of it. A lot okay. of it. Yeah. Okay. Um, but all lit and produced yes, and yeah. clever and. You know, straight to camera or skits or whatever, but he's done all of it himself. How do you so you spell his name? Took uh, B O and then Burnham B B U R N H A M. But there's it, depression is all over the place. He's mm-hmm. he's depressed, and you see it, and you like because again he shot the thing and produced it and edited it all in lockdown in his room, you know, um, and written it and acted it and everything. So huh. you just you get to the end and, you, and it's it's kind of emotionally exhausting to watch. But you, it's very, very funny some of the time. It's, it's horribly empty and sad some of the time. Um, and just this, yeah, he's got this lovely connection, you know, just his way of, of connecting with viewers and whatever, and this extraordinary gift with the, the songs and the comedy songs and stuff. Interesting. Um, so that is, is okay, very well, highly recommended. recommend. Bo, Bo Burnham, yeah. Inside, um, Nate Bargatz, or Bill Gates, the greatest average American, uh, Scarface, yeah, and then the uh, other things we talked about, the usual, Born in a Storm. That's a, an album, All Killer, No Filler. Go get that, go listen to it, please. Rapid Fire, Remarkable Miscellany by John Matham. That's the book. I will read that. Lovely, lovely. Um, I am a big favor of, uh, a big favor. I'm a big um, fan of, as you've said, QI and mm-hmm. shows like that. Uh, Britain seems to have this thing of sort of panel quiz shows where you're allowed to slag everybody off that are very kind of normal (laughs) and then they just fill it with these incredible comedians who are sharp of wood yes regular of bowels feet of foot Uh, one of my favorites is 8 out of 10 cats does countdown and unfortunately Sean Sean Locke died this past week who's one of the great um, but that is a great show yeah so uh, yeah essentially if you you enjoy well thought out insults Mm. That's a great show to watch, and not not in the roast because roasts I don't get. No, no, a roast roasts are just annoying. Uh, I feel but, but there, but there, I mean, there was there was a wonderful one. Let's Jim, Jim, Jimmy roast. Carr is the host there, yes. and he's he's very cutting, and he can be quite quite brutal, and he sort of slams somebody for sort of looking like an old man or somebody, and the guy said, "Well, you know." I'm just being myself, you know. I'm not hiding behind a tin of pomade and an expensive suit. And somebody on the other side goes, "It's not expensive." <laughs> my, my favorite of those is there's a guy called um, Lee Mack yes. who is so sharp, He's very funny. and he corrected someone really quickly. And someone said, "Oh, sorry, the chairman of the pedantic society." He says, "Vice chairman, I think you'll find." Yeah. And it was like so quick, yeah. so pedantic, and so yeah. quick. Also, somebody said, somebody was also on pedantry. They said, you know. You know, I'm not. I'm not usually pedantic, but when in Rome, somebody right next to him said, "We're not in Rome." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's wonderful. Go check yeah. that out. 
Fantastic, Neil. It's been so wonderful. Thank, Thank you. Thank you for your time. Passage one. Where can people find all of your stuff? What you need to sell and make money out of and things? Everywhere. Everywhere. Send okay. well, that's Neil not money. Helpful. Everyone. I'm, Send him money. Passage one music or Neil Solomon. Okay. Two, Neil with two L's. Correct. Solomon with one L. All right. Yes. And Passage go. one music is on Facebook and there's a lovely site and there's all sorts of good things. So yeah, go check him out. Book studio like time. The, the time has been too Absolutely. short. Absolutely. We can have Neil here. Every week it well, would be amazing. he lives down the road, so maybe I'll be, I'll be, I'll, I'll love to be back. Fantastic. It will happen. About. Thank you. Cool, man. Good. All right, Kurt, everybody. Kurt, thank you for your forthcoming sponsorship of, exactly. of the slot you in the coming weeks. Um, find that's, us that's as you find us, share us, review us. Um, I think that's it for this week. It is. And thank goodbye. Thank you and goodbye. That's all.